Each year on the Tuesday through Thursday after Memorial Day, the Scripps National Spelling Bee takes place. Like me, perhaps you've watched it on ESPN. This year, the finals are at the Gaylord Resort up in our nation's capital. When I read about the 2018 National Spelling Bee and its winner, I felt that the story would connect with us here at Huguenot Road. That year, 16 finalists spelled words one at a time that the Washington Post described as, quote, a breathtaking show of spelling skill. Scripps reports that that year there were 515 contestants who competed in the National B, up from 291 the previous year. They described that year, 218, as probably the most, or the, the fiercest competition in their century-long history. Among the finalists was a 14-year-old student from Texas named Karthik Namani. Although it was his first national spelling bee, he showed poise and was like a veteran throughout the contest, spelling his words with little emotion and keeping his arms clasped behind his back as if he were standing at attention. He confronted some of the following words, any one of which could have caused him to stumble. Condotteria, C-O-N-D-O-T-T-I-E-R-E, meaning a knight or a roving soldier available for hire. And that's just the start of it. Myrolytic, M-I-A-R-O-L-I-T-I-C, meaning of igneous rock, or igneous rock. Sandra, I had to look that one up, it's a French word, C-E-N-D-R-E, it means a moderate color blue. Ankyloglossia, <laughs> meaning limited normal movement of the tongue. You got that one too. Agwe, J-A-G-U-E-Y, a tree from East India. Namani spelled all of these correctly, each and every one. And when the contest had gotten down to two finalists, the other speller made a mistake, and Namani had just two words to go. He spelled the next one, knocked it out of the park, and the final word in the 2018 National Spelling Bee, koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A, koinonia. He spelled it perfectly. Confetti poured down from the ceiling, and he had won the national spelling bee, spelling the word koinonia. You can watch it on ESPN's YouTube channel if you like. Most of us would break out in a cold sweat if we had to spell koinonia on the national stage. Well, what about a Sunday school class? We might panic if we were asked to define it. But the word is significant for us as Christians. It's worth 
diving into because it appears some 19 times in the New Testament, does koinonia, critically important for Christians in the ancient world as it is today, translated often as sharing together, contributing together, a spiritual communion, or as you heard Steve share, fellowship. The question is this, do we know how to spell koinonia in the church today? Sometimes we have a misconstrued idea of what it is. So in these few moments, I hope that we can look at the book of Acts, second chapter, and some other passages, and feel a, a sense of what it means to be in fellowship with one another, to be a loving faith community as God has called us to be here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. Fellowship is one of the five pillars of our vision, which our church adopted in 2022. These five pillars are worship, discipleship, fellowship, outreach, and missions. The main emphases that we see happening in the early church, as is reported by Luke as he writes Acts. This winter, we're focusing on these five pillars and looking at our spiritual priorities because these are important not only for the church corporate, but for each one of us as individuals. We'll read together Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It's page 772 in your sanctuary Bibles, if you like to use that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Our focus is fellowship today. And we see that woven through that passage, those passages of Scripture. And I would suggest to us that Christian fellowship is essential in building a foundation of faith in God's house. It's essential in our foundation. Think back, if you will, to times that you've been in church over the years. Maybe you grew up in church. And I want you to think about the, the, the memories that you had. The, and, and I imagine that it's not the sermons. Although as a pastor, I would like to say, oh, it's got to be the sermons. But I, as I talk to people, it's not the sermons. Was it a, a, a series of services, a revival meeting? Mostly when I talk with people and they reflect on their early years growing up in, in the church, it was fellowship, connections, relationships, small groups, Bible study classes, mission trips, serving together. Those are the, the ways that God knits us together and plants formative stories in our minds that help us to understand the importance of being in a fellowship in the local body of, of Christ, Jesus Christ Church. 
all of the other things are critically important that we do. But fellowship touches every single one of those five pillars. It touches worship. There's tremendous fellowship in our choir. I, I enjoy singing in the Christmas choir, and they laugh, and they always take on the altos. I don't know why, but y'all are such a good sense of humor, and they have good time together. And Phil, Pastor Philip has these one-liners that uh, maybe stand-up is part of your wiring, Philip, but it's a wonderful fellowship, and there are, are uh, small groups within our church, and you can sit there and think about the people who are connected to you and how meaningful and special that is. That's koinonia, y'all. That's fellowship. Several ways that we see it used in the New Testament. There are three I'd like to share with you briefly. First, there's a sharing. It's like a partnership. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Koinonia is translated partnership there. It's a coming alongside together, a collaboration, partnership in ministry. In Philippians 2.5, in your relationships have the same mindset of Jesus. We're all focusing on the same goal. Number two, koinonia is translated contributions. In his letter to the Romans, Paul reports that Christians in Macedonia and Achaia, which is Greece, have been pleased to share their resources or literally to make certain gifts to the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. Here the word koinonia is translated as resources, meaning they shared their resources, they gave gifts. When you and I tithe, meaning giving 10% of our income to the church and other offerings and blessings, we are sharing our resources, and that's a part of koinonia. It's giving of our gifts. It's being generous. And whether it's a, a person who's on a fixed income or whether it's somebody who makes a million dollars, each one of those gifts is given sacrificially and ble blesses the ministry of the whole church and God will use those to the furtherance of his kingdom. And then koinonia thirdly is translated fellowship. It's a profound sense of community, a shared faith, a mutual support. In your outline there in your bulletin I've given you some of the key verses that run through Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And each of them has to do with this idea of being in partnership or together, focusing on the same goal. We are the body of Christ. Each member is individually a part of it and plays a critical role in the mission of the church. But more importantly than that, is the way that we are connected spiritually. We are in fellowship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We share in his sufferings, and we are part of this shared community of faith because we believe in the same God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ 
willingly died on the cross, who was buried and rose on the third day. We are saved by the blood of Jesus. We share that in common. That fellowship is rooted in the fellowship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, a wonderful example of true fellowship. My seminary professor, Dr. John Eddins at the Baptist Seminary, described it like this in systematic theology class. He said, unity in the midst of diversity. Unity in the midst of diversity. The fellowship that exists in the Holy Trinity, which we sing about often on Sundays, holy, 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 God Almighty. He is in three persons. That perfect fellowship comes all the way down into the way we practice our faith. And in Acts chapter 2, that common thread was very evident. They devoted themselves to the fellowship, meaning they devoted themselves to being together, verse 42. That's koinonia right there, that verse 42. It's koinonia is translated fellowship. In verse 44, the spirit of fellowship, the spirit of koinonia, it's translated that they were together. And that's an imperfect verb there. means that they kept on being together. It wasn't just punctiliar, just didn't, you know, uh, one time and, and then stop, but it was continual all the way to us today. Verse 44, the spirit of Koinonia says that they shared everything in common, meaning all things were in common. Their food, their shelter, their income, their businesses, their property. And the Bible tells us in verse 45 that many of them sold uh, property and possessions to give to anyone who has need. They held everything in common. Verse 46, the spirit of Koinonius was, says that they met together. A different Greek word, but the same spirit of Koinonia. They met together. It literally means here that they were in one accord. It reminds me of an orchestra with all of the different instruments and the people gathered. And then there's a conductor leading that. And they're playing a symphony. And all of them are in one accord, uh, yielding a beautiful performance. And we're not saying that, that uh, the early church was a performance. But being together, they were able to accomplish great things and make wonderful music. Verse 46 says they ate together. They shared meals together. Now we're talking Baptists. You know, it's funny that at the Presbyterian Church, they do that too. And the Methodists, the Catholics, get together and have these wonderful meals. And there's nothing like a good old Baptist potluck, right? And that's part of fellowship. On Heritage Day in June, we're going to have a wonderful church meal. And you'll not want to miss it. They ate together. Some of their meals were just common, ordinary, having supper together. But other meals were agape feasts where God's people gathered together and they intentionally had a meal, but they followed it with the Lord's Supper, remembering the way that Jesus commanded the disciples 
to break bread and share in the cup the night before he died on the cross. So when we celebrate the Holy Communion on the first Sunday, we're thinking about how they did it so long ago, and it's a wonderful way for us to have fellowship in Holy Communion. I didn't have this on the list of, I just shared three, uh, of, of sharing in partnership, a sharing in generosity, and a sharing in fellowship. But there's another one too, sharing in suffering. Christians struggle. We, when we struggle, we help each other. We come alongside one another. We, I see you all driving one another to doctor's appointments, sitting during chemo appointments, preparing meals and taking them, or a pot of soup when a family's come into a hard time. Some of you have given financially to others who are in need, and you don't want any credit for it at all. I could go on and on about the ways in which you all share in your sufferings together. And that's exactly what happened in the early church, too. Paul writes in Philippians 3.10, he wanted the, the believers to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like Jesus in his death. So a challenge for us Christian congregations today is to know how to spell koinonia. Yes, it's a fellowship potluck supper, but it's a whole lot more. We don't want to be indifferent or half-hearted in the mission and ministry of the church, but we want to be fully invested in the partnership of the church as the body of Christ, being of same mind, generous giving, continual fellowship, and spiritual communion. When we do this, we will remain connected to God and one another, sharing the Christian faith through good deeds and loving relationships. At the end of the day, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the vertical relationship, and love your neighbor as yourself, the horizontal relationship forming the cross of Jesus Christ. That is true fellowship. Everyone matters. Everyone belongs. Everyone has a role to play as we build our homes here in God's house. Perhaps that's how we spell koinonia. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A.